Welcome back, party people. You are listening to Crossplay, where we get together and talk about all the video game goodness we can handle each and every week right here on the whatnots.com. Today is Saturday, April 18th, 2020, and this is episode 22. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, Sony is going to be putting out less PlayStation 5s than they did PlayStation 4s at launch. Uh, there is more Cooking Mama drama. Uh, hopefully that is near done. I'm getting kind of sick of hearing about Cooking Mama. <laughs> uh, we also have a new Nintendo Switch software update that is a huge accessibility uh, step, or is a big step for accessibility. So we're going to be talking about all of that and more. Uh, in fact, we got a lot more to talk about today, so let's get right to it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Ignacio Rojas. So, Doing pretty good. How about you? Doing pretty good. I mean, yeah. quarantine life as usual. Not, nothing more, like nothing less. Luckily, right last week, they finally lifted the mandatory quarantine okay so now technically we can leave our houses so you can like go get some tea or go yeah to a or restaurant. Walk, yeah could walk outside and do stuff that isn't really like go to the supermarket or pharmacy or just stuff like that gotcha but uh, yeah but other than that life will i don't think it will be much of an impact on my life at most it will only mean that when I go to the supermarket, I won't need to get a permit or something to allow me to go out. Okay. Yeah, but other than that, it will be pretty much the same. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, How about you? lucky you, because I'm still trapped yeah. inside here for a while. So, I think I have mm. till June 10th. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have like a month and a half left. Yeah. Um, but you you could still go out to the supermarket or get food, right? Yeah, for like only for essential stuff mm. is what it yeah, is. Yeah, but you have a backyard, so yeah, true. Yeah, I do indeed. Uh, well, let's jump right in and talk some video games. Uh, yeah, looks like go. we've both been playing more Final Fantasy VII remake, and you have been continuing so... on Digimon story cyber yeah. sleuth so did you finish final fantasy 7 like no you i did not would? no <laughs> oh so you didn't you couldn't you know huh you know what ignacio what <laughs> shut up what? <laughs> <laughs> we're having okay. none of that <laughs> okay okay no, but I... so where are you because last time you were behind me so where uh, are you now? I, I've, I'm about 15 hours in. I've gotten mm -hmm. to Don Cornello's house, uh, oh. and they sent me to go fight in the tournament. Oh, so we're pretty much in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you, so the one thing that I kind of want to talk about this week is stuff that I don't like about the game. So I okay. want to ask you the same stuff. Is, is, is there anything about Final Fantasy VII 
remake that is like sticking out as this is something I don't like. Uh, nothing general about the game. At most, I last night I had this. You go through these plays where they make you do kind of like these puzzle situations with some mechanical hands. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I I kind of dislike, but it it's not that much that they make you do. So there's nothing I would say that I don't like about the game. I don't know about you. What okay. don't you like? Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm I'm starting to notice things that I'm just like I don't know if I like this decision that they made here. Um, but I do have to say, overall, I think this game is fantastic. Um, yeah. This is really just me nitpicking at 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 stuff. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the bosses are kicking my ass. Like I, they are difficult. Okay. Um, or at least I'm, bosses I'm like I'm finding final them boss, difficult. like mid boss. What are we talking about? Everything, like uh, from the like giant robot that you had to fight in the second reactor to mm. like a side quest where they're like hey go fight this monster that's been you know in the sewers or something you know and you just have to go okay. fight that and i'm just like this is insanely difficult uh or, well it's not in insanely but like yeah it's i would have killed more i wouldn't say any of them are insanely difficult yeah it's more difficult than i expect and I'm mm. dying more than I would, th than I feel like I should be. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I mean, with bosses, I, I've also noticed that they tend to, I don't know, push you more. Mm -hmm. Like, right. they for sure have made me use a ton of potions and oh yeah, cures and whatever. Oh yeah, I have noticed that they they do push you a lot. But I don't know. At least for me, I have been able to use the items when I need them most of the time. Let's say because not not always. Yeah. But I I don't know. I wouldn't single out bosses as some a problem that I had. But I I have noticed that they tend to be like pretty strong and pushing you mm -hmm. so to use potions a lot. Ultimately, what I'm getting at is the, the combat is very specific. Um, mm -hmm. And the combat is very, very good. I like what they, yeah. what they, what they have. Um, and each boss or each fight, you have to kind of figure out what works. You have to find the right spell or find the right weakness. And you have to mm -hmm. use that against them. Um, what they've done with it so far is fantastic it's just difficult and yeah. on top of that there's not really any areas where you can go grind and level up uh which is usually mm. what i like to do in an rpg is i like to just find a spot stay there for a while over level and then go fight the boss and i should have no problem um but yeah there's no opportunities to do that so i feel like i'm on track to where i should be in terms mm -hmm. of levels and i'm doing all of the side 
quests and stuff like that. So I'm taking my time, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm still just getting my ass beat. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm not one to grind on RPGs, so mm-hmm. it hasn't been such a problem for me. I I mean, if you say there's no many places to grind, I can see that. I, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But to me, I I, I haven't felt like I'm under leveled. I I would say that I'm at the appropriate level always, so that every fight isn't really easy. It's more of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 right with that. It's like I I don't feel under leveled. I feel exactly right where I should be. Mm-hmm. But they're not giving me the opportunity to overlevel, which then mm-hmm. means that every single fight that you get into is a challenge. Yeah. Which, on one hand, is a great thing. But then it's also just like, this is not how I want to play. And it it, it made me kind of wonder almost what the point of their leveling system was mm. if 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 I am constantly at the point where I should be, it makes the l- l- leveling system seem unnecessary. I, I don't know. I wouldn't call it unnecessary because without the the leveling system, you wouldn't have to worry about finding your optimal, like uh, I don't know, like upgrading your own weapons and choosing what you want with them. If you don't have the leveling up system, you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have to make decisions of, well, hey, do still... I want to better my web, my strength or more health or another material slot? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can still spec your character out without mm-hmm. le- le- leveling up, though, and changing that stuff. Um, it, it, it just seems like a system that they are keeping in for the sake mm-hmm. of, it's an RPG. This is what you do. You level up, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just me. No, I can see that. You can see why. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that I think is the main thing that that it's just it's it's just kind of starting to bother me. I had to drop it down to easy once mm-hmm. um, to beat a boss, and that was when you fought Reno for the first time. That's the red-headed guy? Yeah, the red-headed guy in the church. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, this is taking forever. I cannot do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, he so killed like, me. Either once or twice he killed me. Oh, man. Yeah, it took me like 15 times. <laughs> are you are you countering? Uh, I've, I was able to counter him once. The rest of it, I don't know how. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I I like about these, the boss fights in this game is that you do have to learn their right. moves. Like with Reno, you can't always, you can't always counter. Sometimes you will have to dodge, mm-hmm. but you you will you have to pay attention to. Okay, is that is, is this an attack that I can counter? Oh no, it isn't. So I better dodge. Move out the way, yeah. Hey, this one does seems like I can counter, so I should counter now. I should use my spell here or retreat and cure mm-hmm. that's one thing i like is that it does make you learn the patterns of the enemy and yeah and kind of change your strategy accordingly which i'm 
again, I, uh, 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 overall, the combat is amazing. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it feels it's so good. fantastic. Um, but I also know that I don't like Dark Souls-style combat. So mm. having to be very particular on on mm. how you do things is not really what I like in, in games. So I think that's... Okay. It's starting to, like, rub up against me and be like, it's a little bit like Dark Souls, but not really. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, it's still good. No, I'm still yeah, it's fair. having a lot it's of fun. Criticism. Yeah. So where did you leave the original Final Fantasy VII when you played? Um, I got out of Midgar. Okay, so you basically played through all the game. Yeah. This game. How different would you say it is from the original? Uh, How much are they changing? Changing? Not much is changing, but mm -hmm. they're adding in new things to, like, explain stuff. Um, like, the whole scene about you going to Jesse's house, that's mm -hmm. not in the original. Um, okay. The, yeah, that whole thing is not in there. Uh, there's stuff with Tifa that's not in the original. Are the uh, Dementor-looking guys in the original? As far as I've seen, no. The Dementors are not in there. <laughs> um, mm. So that's new. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain because people keep saying... Think of, like, the, the ones who have beaten this game, right? Mm -hmm. They're sitting there like, think of this game kind of like a Kingdom Hearts game. Final Fantasy VII Remake? Think of that word remake as a Kingdom Hearts title. <laughs> like, it is a part of the title. It, it is not just like, oh, okay. yeah, this is a re 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 remake. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what does that mean exactly? Remake. Um, mm. And a little bit of spoilers uh, for what's been happening in 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 the in this new game um, is Cloud keeps having these like flashes of were those not things. in the original? So, so they kind of are. You don't really meet Sephiroth until later on. Yeah, um, that's one thing I read. Yeah, so the whole like when you meet. Aerith for the first time and he shows up in this one that's not in there in the original um so they're they're kind of changing that stuff that like weird roommate that you had that was next door that was a guy in the mm. hood he wasn't in there in the original um mm. so they're they're changing up some of that stuff so I'm wondering my theory is that somehow this is like, I I, I I guess for lack of better terms, like an alternate universe, or somehow they're like they're redoing things, like time travel sure. kind of, or they've like remade this whole universe. Some some somehow because Cloud mm. keeps getting these flashes. Of things that are happening and it's it it almost seems like they're things that already happened 
but they're not necessarily flashbacks, he doesn't seem to remember them. Okay. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just speculating here. But. Yeah, and also I, one thing about the changes is that I, f for example, the Sephiroth being introduced early on in the game, mm -hmm. I read that that was because people already know Sephiroth is... So in the original, it was more, more of a mystery, but if people already know about him, they decided to change it up and and have his role be different now. Yeah. With that added element of people knowing who he is. So I I can see they them making changes seeing as the original game came out what twenty years ago more or less. Mm -hmm. With the added benefit of time added. Yeah. So I, that's one thing I appreciate that they did change stuff accordingly to the times and the situation of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're just kind of filling out all of the places. Um, like you you mentioned that one scene where you have to like move a bunch of obstacles with these like gigantic hands and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not in the original. In the yeah, original, there's like I one screen suppose. with like a robot hand on there and you just have to walk on, t on top of it. And that's it. <laughs> so they're 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 stretching the things. They're adding yeah. in new things. One thing I did notice that they didn't really put in there uh, that I wish we kind of would would have gotten to see a little more. But I guess we're seeing it in different ways. Um, is in when you are in seventh heaven, which is the hideout for avalanche um there is a scene in the original where you get to go downstairs into their mm -hmm. hideout um yeah which in this one you don't they're just like okay wait upstairs <laughs> like okay i guess i'll play darts um <laughs> yeah i forgot about that so um yeah but yeah because i played that part on the the original game and you do go down Mm -hmm. I forgot it, that you don't end up going down in this one. Yeah, so like I, I kind of would just like to be in their space more. Mm -hmm. Just like who is Avalanche? What's in their hideout? What are they hiding? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good. I'm having a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, I I cannot wait to play more. I'm I'm having fun playing it in smaller chunks, where I'll play mm -hmm. like three hours and that's it it's like this is a good stopping point so, yeah the same but yeah i'm about to go into the tournament that stuff is also not in the original you get to the yeah. don cornellos and and they're just like yeah you can't go in here you're not his type and then Aerith <laughs> is like well what if we sneak in and cloud's like how do we do that and they're like let's dress you up as a girl <laughs> and he's just like no. uh uh oh, oh, okay <laughs> so no. we'll we'll be getting to that scene very soon here but yeah i i feel like you and me are about halfway halfway done ish maybe i don't know the other one that we're played. about 15 
uh, and people have been saying it's around 30-ish. So. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think I saw someone talking about a chapter in the 20s, and I'm still at chapter 9. Yeah. So. Cool stuff. Cool, cool. stuff. Do you have any further thoughts on Final Fantasy? No, uh, other than that, I'm I'm loving the game. Uh, something that I, I'd like to point out is that I like how these Japanese games do epic stuff. That mm -hmm. how they can manage to create epic situations. Uh, sure. Like for example, when you are uh, in the s second time you're at the macro reactor, mm -hmm. and everything looked giant, and you've been in there, it, it felt so epic fighting the robot in there. And all that stuff, or jumping down from the upper plates to the lower plates. Yeah. It feels so epic. And, and that reminded me of other Japanese games. And I love that how Japanese games do epic stuff. Like you don't see in other games. It's, um, maybe specifically it's Square Enix, because I'm, I was also thinking of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people comparing it to Kingdom Hearts and. This is the mm -hmm. game that Kingdom Hearts wishes it could be. Okay. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 was great. Um, speaking of Kingdom Hearts a bit, the last thing I want to say on Final Fantasy VII is I, I'm really starting to think that Square's... The, like, the way they do the voice acting and the, like, physical acting and the way some of their characters move, it it's... Mm -hmm. It's starting to feel very outdated, mm. even on such a new game. I like it fine, but mm. there's times it's just like, man, this is this is not great. It's just it <laughs> feels like a PlayStation Three game in terms of like the way these actors are moving and talking and the way they're expressing emotion and stuff like that. Um, mm. But at the same time, I also know it's like, this is also a JRPG. This is supposed to be this yeah. grand epic story where things are cranked up to 11 and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like, I'm not necessarily yeah. asking it to be more subtle, mm -hmm. but it's just like, <laughs> I, I, I can kind of tell that you're not really mocapping half of this. If, if that makes sense. I don't know. Mm, no. No, but the I love the the way they move and the way they act. It's it's like very Jap a very Japanese thing because it's very exaggerated in a way. Mm -hmm. So I love that. But so even compared to like Death Stranding, like that mm -hmm. is mocapped the hell out of. But at the same yep. time, it's completely over the top where they're like liking stuff and giving you a thumbs up and there's like a little heart emoji that pops out but it, it like I, I i feel like i could connect to the characters a little bit more in death stranding mm -hmm. because they were so believable in the way they moved in the way their faces looked and stuff like that and this is more anime centric and i like it yeah. it looks fantastic but it's just like i know they're not real and they're not moving realistically in my mind. So 
there's just a little bit more of a disconnect there. Yeah, but I think that it has more to do be with Death Stranding clearly was trying to be more realistic, whereas Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts even are trying to be more anime-like, more well, cartoony. what do you mean that Kingdom Hearts is not realistic? <laughs> well, Have you played that game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. it's it's clearly trying to be more cartoony and more mm-hmm. anime, and I love that. Yeah. I'm not having any problem with it. The only problems I, I have had with like trying to translate Japanese anime stuff into English and even I see it in, in this game is that for whatever reason English dubs or of Japanese stuff like have these ways of doing things that you see all across other dubs for example what I mean is that the gruntings everyone does yeah <laughs> they are so much more exaggerated in the English version than in the English, like the Japanese one. So I, yeah, when I started the game, I decided to try at least the first level in Japanese uh-huh. because I noticed how exaggerated the grunts were. So I was wondering if that's from the original game or is that the just a translation? Uh, no, it's way more subtle in the original. Interesting. And that's one thing I I think every English English dub, not only in Japan in video games but in anime and all, does that. Does the more exaggerated grunts. Huh. Yeah, it's so so weird that that's how English dubbing of Japanese stuff is across the board. I wonder if that's like a subconscious thing. Of, yeah. of just like that's what we think they are doing and so that's what mm-hmm. we do but in reality it's not supposed to be that that yeah. obvious who knows and it's not only grunting that it's more ex- exaggerated it's even acting that I would say gets more exaggerated on an English dub yeah interesting no, no, it's something that I noticed uh well, let's see. Moving on. T- talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit more about Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. Do you have an update uh, with that one? I mean, not not a lot. I don't think I have progressed much story-wise or in a way that's interesting. Like, okay. in the game you're studying, at most, the characters are starting to talk more about the Digimon being more like sentient beings rather than just programs. Sure. And that's really an interesting thing. Because as as a demon fan, you know that they are living creatures. They are not just programs someone created. So I like how the game started with this idea that they were programs created by hackers. Mm-hmm. And in a way, like a personification of hacking. But now you're bringing more elements of, of the lore that you know that they are living creatures and they don't belong to this virtual area where you are. They belong... To the digital world, the capital right. digital world, capital D. Okay. So that's one interesting thing that's happening in the story. But the other one, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that I didn't last time is that I mentioned how it is in a way po- like Pokemon, but it isn't. Like it is more complicated and le- least complicated, less complicated in a way. Sure. 
And one, one way you see that is that the game has evolutions like in Pokemon, but it's done in such a different way. Whereas, say you have a Charmander, you know that Charmander will evolve at level 16 into Charmeleon and then 32, 34, I think, into Charizard. Right. Whereas in Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, your one Digimon can digivolve into different Digimons. And each one requires a different, uh, like a different condition. Like say one requires level 16, but the other one requires level 32 and certain stat to be at certain point and for you to have certain item. So I like how in a way you have to manage. It's like say you want an end result of X Digimon, you have to manage your demons in a way where, hey, I have to prioritize the attack and hey, my Digimon clearly is not going to hit a certain level. So right now I have to de-digivolve it and train it more and then digivolve it back and then train more and then I will get the required level. Interesting. So it has this micromanaging aspect that you don't see in a Pokemon game. A Pokemon game is way more streamlined where mm-hmm. here you have to manage how you're raising your own Digimon. And that's one interesting thing that I like that the game does. And cool. it keeps you from, in a way, not going straight for the better Digimon where you maybe you want to stick with the lower, like lower in the evolutionary stage so that in the end, when you digivolve, the Digimon will be able to be even better now. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I wanted to add. Cool. Sounds like you're ha- having fun with that one mm-hmm. still. So, good stuff. Yeah, I stuff. pick it up here and there when I want to kill time. And it's in my Switch, so it's. I think it's a very good game to have on the Switch. Good stuff. Well, let's dive into a little bit of housekeeping, uh, and then we can move on to the news for the week and some other things. Uh, If you guys did not know, this is not our only podcast that we do here at The Whatnots. We have many uh, other podcasts that you guys can check out. Uh, You guys can find more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, or your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots, and all of our podcasts will pop up right there if you guys like what we do patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us uh you guys can get episodes early you guys can get some exclusive content uh, and we also want to give a big shout out to our patreon supporters at the five dollar tier uh so right now thank you sam for helping us out supporting thank us you, sam. yeah big thanks to all thank of our you. patreon supporters but especially thank you to you, Sam. Okay. Speaking of Sam, we actually just had mm-hmm. uh, her on an episode of the Captain's Log. Oh. Uh, so by time nice. this is up and out for the public, that should be out as well. Let's what go, did you talk about? Go check it out. Uh, well, her and Melissa are good friends. Uh, so mm-hmm. I tried to get some dirt on Melissa to no avail. <laughs> uh, oh. They were talking about like 
favorite memories from being in St. Louis and st and stuff like that. Lots of cool things, lots of funny things to talk about. And I have a mission to report back this next week about places I've been to at night. It seems okay. like a weird prompt, but I promise you it was funny when it happened in the podcast. So <laughs> go I'll, check that. Sure, out. I'll take your word. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that does it for housekeeping right now. Let's dive into the news. We got seven items to talk about, plus a little bit of a new section uh, coming up down the road here. Uh, so let's dive right in. Number one, Sony plans a limited PlayStation 5 output in its first year. This is coming from Takashi Mochizuki and Yuki Furukawa over at Bloomberg. Uh, and they write, The Tokyo-based tech giant is limiting its initial production run in part because it expects the PlayStation 5's ambitious specs to weigh on demand by leading to a high price at launch. The people said asking not to be identified because the subject is private. The global COVID-19 pandemic has affected Sony's promotional plans for the new for the new device but not its production capacity, they added. The company has told assembly partners it would like to make 5 to 6 million units of the PlayStation 5 in the fiscal year ending in March 2021. According to uh, other people involved in the machine supply chain, when Sony released the PlayStation 4 in November 2013, it sold 7.5 million units in its first two quarters. Hmm. Talk to me, Ignacio. What's up with this one? Okay, so the first part, it says that the production itself isn't being impacted, which is something that we've been talking about before. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense for the production to be impacted this far away from the release because the production will probably start around halfway through the year, let's say June, July. Sure. And also, uh, it has affected Sony's promotional plans, which is something to be expected or that we kind of knew in a way. Yeah. It's April, and you wouldn't, in a normal year, you wouldn't have expected Sony to be this quiet up until April. Last time for the PS4, it was in February that they right. had their big blowout. Whereas, whereas now, it is April. We don't even know what the box looks like. Yeah, we don't know that. And we just now and we just now saw what the controller looks like. Yeah. Which takes me to the second part. It... No, it's still the first part. <laughs> it... it <laughs> Yeah, th the fact that we saw the controller is is clearly because the Sony felt like they needed to show something now, right? Because they haven't been showing much. And yeah, that's with how they revealed it, like in, on a blog post, I think it was. Yeah, it is. Kind, it was kind of weird. So 
it isn't a surprise that it was affected by the coronavirus. Now to the second part. They expect to make 5 to 6 million units of the PS5 compared to the 7.5 for the for what was on the PS4 at the same time frame and that sucks a lot. Because if you remember back to the release of the PS5 the PS4 on the November release, it was only released on some countries, some specific right. countries. I think it was the US, I maybe Japan, maybe England, Europe, the UK. And it wasn't until I think it was February that it came out more in more places around the world. So it does suck that now we will see probably a repeat of that, that it will be a limited release at launch yeah that maybe, would make sense yeah maybe even more limited i could see sony just taking the five to six million units and just sending them to the u.s that's something I, I would expect but would they do that to the japanese market i mean well the u.s market is the most important mar market to them i mean yeah so they have to, if they have to choose, if they had to cut some limb, it will never be the U.S. Yeah, I'm, I like, I, 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 I never bought a PlayStation Four right at launch. I got mm -hmm. mine in like, uh, let's see, twenty sixteen. Oh, three years after. Yeah, I was a little bit behind. Uh, I had kind of fallen off gaming for a little bit there but um yeah so like i i i never really experienced what it was like but for my playstation mm -hmm. 2 and my playstation 3 those i remember like calling stores and being like hey do do you have this and they're like no we're all sold out no um wait so you had a ps3 at lunch but not a ps4 yeah i at one point had a PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, uh, I guess Nintendo game, no, Nintendo Wii. Wii. Uh, that was yeah. that was the one that was out out, out then. Like I, I had all of the systems, and then my Xbox got the red ring. Uh, nothing was really coming out that I wanted on the Wii. Uh, and so I really only had my PlayStation. Mm. And I was just doing other things i was more into comics and more into tv shows and stuff like that um and i was just, like i i think at that time i was i was more just like am i really a gamer i guess i'm more <laughs> of a casual gamer i'll i'll, I'll, I'll play you nor me yeah filthy casual um but i like i the games that i would absolutely play would be like a final fantasy g g g game or uh you know, there'd be an, an odd and end here. They're just like, oh, I really want to play that game. Splinter Cell, <laughs> right? That was yeah. a great one. But um, back to the story, I think, yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it. on one hand, I can see it in part being because of the pandemic, even though they say that's not the case. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the price tag probably 
being on the higher end, I, like I'm, I'm wondering how much of an impact this will actually make. Because I think okay. they will see less people buying it because it is so expensive. But they're also having less units shipped. Um, mm. So, I, so like, you think it will cancel it, itself out? I, I think it might. And it's, especially since we're yeah, just kind of coming out of the pandemic stuff. We're still in the middle. Um, like I, I'm wondering how like are people really gonna want to be buying expensive electronics like this mm. like it don't don't get me wrong it will sell yeah. but i i i think there's gonna be a lot more people being like i don't know maybe we wait a little bit save up till like march ish and see maybe in the summer mm. we'll get one who knows yeah that's something i didn't consider it, it that the price point canceling out the fact that there will be fewer units but still i think that for a console launch even at five to six million units on a 500 dollars maybe price point i do think that there are enough people that are prepared to buy that one like at launch or at least launch window i agree mm -hmm. but yeah for me one thing that it will be interesting to see is that will it be a staggered release will it only be in the us maybe us uk japan because i was really hoping that by now we would have moved more towards a global release of consoles mm-hmm but sadly, this will probably push push that back. Yeah, like the the last the only console I can think of that had a worldwide release was the. Uh... No wait, I was gonna say the Vita, but the Switch I think was was worldwide at the same time. So no, that doesn't ignore that. Ignore. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think can the see... Switch was worldwide. I can see a couple million units go into the US and then mm. Japan and Europe splitting the rest of them. Yeah. So, also, we'll it's, see. It's going to Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Microsoft has the same problem. Yeah. Or we will yeah. be hearing from what them. What if they have more in units in the coming weeks? Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. Uh but still on some PlayStation news. This one's a weird one. Sony's <laughs> PlayStation group patented a robot friend who will play video games and watch movies with you. This is coming from Ben Gilbert over at Business Insider. They write, A newly published patent from Sony Interactive Entertainment, the Sony department responsible for everything PlayStation, spells out the company's plans for a robot as a joint viewing partner who experiences sympathy for or experiences sympathy with a user. Um, let's see, images like the one above, which we don't have because this is a podcast, uh, depict how the system might work, uh, and the patent goes into detail. Quote, a user places a robot nearby and views contents 
together, while the robot communicates with the user by outputting a reaction to empathize with the user, or outputting a reaction against the user conversely, on the basis of a deduced user's feelings, it says. I don't know what to make of this one, Ignacio. <laughs> I This just seems weird. Mm. And those drawings that they have in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are yeah, so weird. Kind of, it looked kind of like a cotton candy body with hands and legs. Yeah. Or a cloud. I mean, it's, it's a patent thing. So it yeah. just really needs to be the most basic of diagrams. Of like, mm -hmm. look, it sits next to you. It is a fluffy cute thing probably yeah. uh, you know so it's, it's it's not something that's going to be hanging in the moma or something <laughs> like that yeah, but to me it isn't that weird one because it, it is a sony patent and i've seen weirder stuff being patented I mean, and never though? coming out like a yeah. cotton candy monster that sits with you and is is, is 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 like, yeah, man, they were noobs. Shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or like, oh, man, get good. You're terrible at this game. Yeah, but you, you can say that it, it is kind of like a mix of different stuff. Like it, kinda, it can measure your sweat. We've seen a Sony button for a controller that does that. We've also seen that's Sony button kind of like an AI. Yeah, I mean, so, we'll have to wait and see if it ever comes out how it works. But the second reason as to why it isn't that weird to me is that this isn't the first time Sony has done something kind of like this. I don't know if you've ever heard of the of the Sony Aibo, A I B O. I have not. Okay, so Sony, back in between 1999 and 2005, Sony used to put out this product that was just a robot dog companion. Okay, I might have seen this. Yeah. And this was Sony proper. So to me, it kind of is like them trying to go back to that kind of product but bringing it yeah, more to now it kind of is like the evolution of it yeah i'm looking at pictures now i have hey nose well i mean yeah but like it according to the article here in business insider they're they're talking about like this is something that will essentially be so, so, someone who like plays games with mm -hmm. you, like imagine you're playing God of War on PlayStation Five, right? Or God of War Two, right? And then you have this robot sitting next to you. Depending on what you say or how you're reacting to the game, it will say things according to to that. So if you're stuck. Yeah. On a boss, and you're just like, God, fucking damn it, God, stupid fucking thing, you know? <laughs> it's gonna be like, Whoa there, man, calm down. Bebo loves you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what they should have done it like, a Bebo. Right? <laughs> um, or, or like if 
that's the thing. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. Or if, 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 if you're sitting there just like, oh, man, that was really cool. They'll be like, yeah, that was cool. Fun fact, this game was made by Corey Barlog. And, and you know, blah, blah. And it's just like, shut up. I'm playing this game. Like, don't, don't, don't distract me. Like, I, I don't know. Mm, yeah, but I, I can see it being for people that just want a companion right next to them. Like, if you see the Aibo robot, it, it is clearly for people that wanted, like, a pet that wasn't really a pet. Yeah, I mean... So, I, I, I can see the same wrong. philosophy being here. I absolutely think this is... If they decide to make something with this, with which, let's just be clear, companies patent things all the time and then yeah. don't do shit with them, right? Especially Sony. Yeah. Um, but if they do decide to do something with this, this isn't something that's for me, right? Like this is probably gonna be geared at children. Yeah, I'm assuming, right? I mean, you it, play it doesn't Fortnite need... or something with them. It, it doesn't need to be a product for everyone. It, it right? Yeah. If it is real, it clearly has to be a premium product. It won't be cheap at all. So again, going back to the Aibo, that thing was three thousand dollars. Holy shit! That was a premium product. <laughs> okay. So again, it isn't <laughs> that far fetched for them to make something like this. Man, yeah. these drawings though are nightmare-inducing. But hey, I I love stuff like this. I like I like it when big companies do weird stuff like this. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to that cooking mama drama. Uh, here's an update coming from Matt Kim at IGN, who writes, Office Create released a statement earlier this week calling the new Switch game Cooking Mama Cookstar an unauthorized release, citing that it had rejected a wide range of deficiencies affecting the overall Feel, quality, and content of the game. Ooh, they didn't use the Oxford comma there. <laughs> Come on, Matt Kim. Uh, no, he knows more about writing than me. Um, let's see. Uh, affecting the overall feel, quality, and content of the game. Produced by Planet Entertainment and developer First Playable. In a counterstatement released by Planet Entertainment... The company says that Planet is fully within its rights to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar and that this is no or there there is no active litigation or ruling that prevents Planet for, for, from publishing the game. Planet admits that there was some creative differences that arose towards the completion of Cooking Mama Cookstar that were outside the scope of our outside the scope of our agreement and the game design approved by Office Create, but that it is it was still allowed to publish the game. Man, you thought we were done with Cooking Mama and then Mama just comes back and keeps wheeling us back in god damn it mama (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so if you haven't been keeping up cooking mama (laughs) 
<laughs> came out was Kinda. immediately taken down off the east the the, the nintendo e-shop e- e- uh was pulled from stores no one knew why exactly uh then shortly after that rumors of this cooking mama g- 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 game mining cryptocurrency started coming out um mm-hmm. that turned out to be false there was an it, in interview, uh, an anonymous interview with Screen Rant, uh, which seems like a <laughs> weird website to do that interview with, but they came out being like, "Yeah, there's no crypto mining, all all that stuff. That was all just buzzwords uh, to help us get investors." Um, and then. I don't know. I don't remember where I heard this. So I take this with a grain of salt, but I, I could have sworn I heard that that screen rant interview turned out to be fake. Wait, what? But I, I wasn't seeing that anywhere else. So I, I, you know, that's probably not the case, but I, I, could have sworn i heard someone say it's like oh well it turned out to be fake anyways <laughs> uh yeah and and so like all of this stuff came out and we thought that was it and then the rights the people that hold the rights to the game came out and and was like this release was unauthorized and they're talking about a PlayStation 4 version and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I did not say they could make this stuff. Uh, and then, then Planet Entertainment is like, well, actually, according to our contract, uh, it says that we are well within our rights here to publish this stuff. So, yep. what do you think of this, man? This is wild. <laughs> I <don't- laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it is weird that we're talking so much about Cookie Mama right now. It's just bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to this story, apparently the publisher went to the Cookie Mama right holders and showed them a build of the game. Mm-hmm. And then the right holders told them, hey, you have to fix this stuff. And then they just decided to release the game as it was. Yeah. And I don't know. IGN had a review of the game. And they gave it a three. Yeah. So clearly they should have listened to the right holders. I don't know why they did this. Why couldn't they just have taken the feedback and not go behind the back of the right holders? Why? Wait, why the, go the whole thing just them? seems strange because that was the rights holder telling the publisher but the publisher is not the one developing the no game so i think how this works is that the right holder goes to the publisher or the publisher goes to the right holder and they get access to the ip and then the publisher gets a developer to develop the game Mm -hmm. that's how i think this it works in this location at least okay it, it, yeah, it it just 
feels like there was some kind of lack of communication or miscommunication or I don't think say, it was miscommunication. Say. I don't think it was miscommunication. I think it was just the publisher not taking into account the feedback and just going behind their backs and releasing the game. I guess so. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, then, then they're sitting there. It was like, well, according to our contract, this is what we're legally obligated to make. Yeah. We're not necessarily legally obligated to fix those things that you wanted us to fix or change. And we did not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's some he, he said, she said. Yeah, so I don't know. It's wild. I've, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've actually never even heard of the Cooking Mama games because I don't pay, pay attention <laughs> to this kind of game until now. Huh. Oddly, oddly enough, I mentioned this to a friend of mine, and and she was just like, "Oh yeah, I know the cooking mama games," and they're mm-hmm. not a gamer. I'm just like, "Huh?" Yeah, they they are certainly more like casual games. It, yeah. it is a name that I I have heard before. I think it might have been a DS game. So. Yeah. That's how it makes sense that a casual game on a DS would have been played by a lot, by a lot of people. But yeah, it is so funny that we're having so much drama with Cooking Mama. Please, no more Cooking Mama. I don't oh, want no, any I more. Want more. I want more. I want this to continue. <laughs> I want to see where it goes. And this just in. The court has decided to arrest them both. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's just... We'll see. We'll see what comes we'll see. of that. Moving on, though, let's talk about Gamescom 2020. Looks like they are finally being shut down. Uh, this is coming from Jeff Grubb over at VentureBeats, and they write, The German government is announcing this past week plans to prohibit large events through the end of August. This comes in addition to its own personal lockdown, which it extended through May 3rd earlier this week. Chancellor Angela Merkel and local governments and and local governors want to prevent COVID-19 from spreading at sporting events, concerts, and other other festivals. I cannot read. I'm terrible. Uh, Through the summer... These limitations should also cause Gamescom organizers to officially cancel or delay the massive gaming event. The Gamescom group was still planning to hold the gathering scheduled for August 25th through the 29th. Uh, So it's kind of officially unofficial. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's no way they, they won't cancel. Yeah. If they have to do something. If they haven't done it by now, it, there's no way they won't cancel the live portion of the event. Yeah. Um, I, it was last week or the week before, I think, we were talking mm-hmm. about they were starting to look into online stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it was like a month ago we were t- talking about that's like, oh, they still plan to hold the uh, event. So it yeah. seems like over time they've still been like, well, Maybe we should start hedging our bets here. And yes, figuring things out. So, mm-hmm. this yeah, I think sucks. comes at no surprise, though. 
it doesn't. No, it was to be expected. Yeah, still sucks. But exactly. hey, at least the I think Jeff Kelly officially announced that. What's what's the name of, of his thing for Gamescom? Ooh, I don't know off the Game? top of my head. It's the one that I want to say one night stand. But it's, it's not that. Jeff Keighley's one night stand. <laughs> Again, uh, all because of Greg Miller. I don't know. What is it called? Gaming I'm Night Live? Looking up. Opening Night Live. Opening Night Live. Yeah, so I think Jeff officially announced that they will be having that as a digital event. No? Okay. Sounds good. So, yeah. And like we said, they were planning like a week or two ago to m move stuff or at least to build out their digital presence as yeah. a backup plan. So now they will have to use the backup plan and we'll have to see how it goes. Yep. How do you make a convention be online only? I'd like to see what they do. This is an interesting time indeed to figure yeah. all that stuff out. I'm I'm still looking for forward to this uh, to mm -hmm. see what comes yeah, out of it, uh, as well yeah. as IGN's Summer of Gaming. Mm -hmm. Be so a little bit now that this. Gamescom is out, I think the next one is Paris Games Week. Either that or Tokyo Game Show. Okay. Those so I wonder when they will cancel those. I don't remember. Has PAX officially canceled all the rest of their stuff for the rest of the year? Maybe that sounds familiar. Seems something that they officially canceled those. I don't remember. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not very into the PAXs, so I don't know. Maybe. And on 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 one hand, it, it sucks because I love watching the coverage of these conventions and stuff. I love all of the live shows. I love all of the, like, giant bomb at E3 stuff. And all, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And people are having to pivot and try new things. And so it's all kind of up in the air of what exactly will happen. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it regardless. Yeah, also one thing that sucks from this is that through, through the last years, it has seemed that Gamescom has been gaining more ground and gaining more popularity. And It has, yeah. It has been becoming bigger. I mean, so it's already the biggest physical event, oh, yeah. but yeah, that's I because didn't even know about Gamescom until two years ago, three years yeah. ago. Yeah, so these last years, Gamescom has been gaining ground, becoming more and more like a big gaming event of the year. Mm -hmm. So it's like that this will most probably be a step back, step back for them. And yeah. and if E3 ends up going away, Gamescom will be what's left, what's next down the line. Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks that this will probably... It will probably be either a step back or maybe if they do the online stuff right, maybe it will be big, be, get bigger, maybe. Hopefully. Who Hopefully knows? it works out. Yeah. Um, moving on to number five, the, the 
ESRB introduces a new label to indicate that a game has loot boxes. Oh boy, another loot box story. <laughs> uh, the Entertainment Software Rating Board, which is the organization that rates the content of video games, announced a new label this past week to indicate that a game will offer in-game purchases of loot boxes or similar types of items that provide a player with randomized rewards. Quote, the, uh, this new interactive element, in-game purchases, includes random items, uh, will be assigned to any game that contains in-game offers to purchase digital goods or premiums with real-world currency or with virtual coins or other forms of in-game currency that can be purchased with real-world currency, for which the player doesn't know prior to purchase the specific digital goods or premiums they will be receiving. For example, loot boxes, item packs, and mystery and mystery awards, according to the ESRB. The label will be applied to loot boxes, gotcha games, item or card packs, prize whales, treasure chests, and more, the organization said. Uh, And this is coming from Jay Peters at The Verge. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't follow that, basically on the back of all of the game boxes where it's like, this is rated T for teen or M for mature. Um, It's going to have a new qualifier, uh, you know, similar to like, oh, there's violence and go, 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 violence and gore or nudity and suggestive themes. Now it has a new one for random items. I think it will be even more prominent than all those that you just mentioned. I think it will be bigger. I saw a picture of it. It looked real, and it seemed like it was more prominent, more bigger. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the article. It it looks like, like, yeah, like they're just adding in a new section to their their thing. The rating, I think. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to (laughs) the ratings on a game for a long time. Um, Yeah. But I, cause I, I don't know, do they do d- different sections for stuff like that where it's like online-based stuff? Like, is that what That's... that lower section is, is for? It's like, hey, there's online play or there's in-game purchases. As far as I know, uh, so a game box has two labels, ESRB labels. Like, the front one has a T, for example, mm-hmm. and then in the back, it will be that same let's say but next to it it will give some pointers as to why yeah that's the rating i don't know cartoon violence language all that so this seems like it will be not necessarily tied to the rating itself but more like does this game include it or not that makes sense yeah 
makes sense. I don't think it will okay. be tied to the rating. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good and to know. W- during the last years, we've been talking more and more about loot boxes and their controversy and are they gambling? What's the effect on kids and whatnot? Right. And I'm on the side that we shouldn't be policing what can or can't be on a game. But I think that this is a good middle ground. Like, I do think it is a good thing to tell parents that the game includes loot boxes. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. Let me so ask I you see this. this as a good middle ground. How do you mm-hmm. feel about them calling it random I- I- items and not loot boxes? I mean, random items, they they are more of a general term that a parent would know. Whereas loot boxes, they are more more of a gaming term, I would say. Okay, because I, 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 I think it was kind of funny games daily talking about this. I, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Um, yeah? I, I, I mean, I... I understand the argument and I think the end goal definitely needs to be like this needs to be an all encompassing term um, that is easy for parents to understand or, you know, something like that. It needs to communicate quickly and clearly what it is. Mm -hmm. Loop boxes. It is maybe not all encompassing, but I, I, I think like there's an opportunity for education there. Like, why are we shying away from actually educating these parents on what this stuff is and trying to call it something else? I don't know. But mm. I, I I, think random items is also really confusing to me. Like, what does that mean, random items? Like, I... It, it it just it's not as descriptive as I would like it to be, mm-hmm. um, but I I guess you could also say the same thing about loot boxes, yeah, right? Like that's not yeah, necessarily I... descriptive or stuff like that. So yeah, I think this is way more descriptive. Yeah, I I just I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a better solution, mm-hmm. but I'm still just like I don't know. There might be something better out there, maybe. But mm. these guys, it, that, that's their j- 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 job to yeah. figure it out. So I will defer to them. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, so parents, watch out for random items. Mm-hmm. Number six on our list of news things to cover uh, Nintendo Switch has a new uh, 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 update, and it finally lets you remap your controllers. This is coming from Jordan Oleman over at IGN, and they write, Nintendo revealed the patch notes for version 10.0.0 of the Switch firmware. Uh, with this new update focused on improving the user-friendly experience of the Switch. The main feature that has arrived with this update is the ability to remap your controllers, which is a leap forward for accessibility on the platform. 
Some of the features of this new remapping system include the ability to change analog stick and button configurations with the ability to save up to five custom configurations on the system which can be so, so, so which can be swapped out per the needs of whoever is using the console i think this is neat this is a great yeah. thing yeah it's a good thing to have the option of remapping the buttons yeah personally this is not something that really affects me um yeah however Every once in a while, you run into a game where the controls just don't feel right. So, mm -hmm. e e even for someone like me, this is nice to be like, oh, well, if, if, if I don't like the controls, I can switch the A and the B button yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. I think this is a huge step forward for accessibility and people who have disabilities uh, to be able to play certain games, I think that helps yeah, out sure. a lot. And I, 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 if if I'm not mistaken, I seem to remember Nintendo having not the best track record at that, or 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 just not no. really incorporating it. I mean, I don't know. Say, let's go back to the Wii. The Wii probably isn't the best. Console for uh, people with like with uh, motion problems, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Nintendo in a way has had a uh, history of having problems with that. But yeah, that being so, said, it is a nice thing, nice thing to have. Even me, that I don't, I don't have any problems with the uh, regular controls. Mm -hmm. I've used it once for a game where I didn't like the controls and the game didn't let me remap. But other than that, I haven't ever used it. Gotcha. But it's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and also... I'm, I'm excited uh, about this one. But but again, not really something that affects me, mm -hmm. in me, 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 me immediately. But I think this is always a nice thing. Yeah, no, and the other thing that they added that it's more important for me that you didn't include is that now you can transfer data between your internal storage and your external memory card. Okay. Your SD cards. Talk to me about that one. So how long has it been? Three years? For this long, we haven't been able to move stuff around. Say you have a game that's on your internal storage mm -hmm. and you, I don't know, you want to download something that is 30 gigs and you have 15 free on your internal storage and 15 free in your SD card. Before this, you couldn't really install it unless you uninstalled something in one of those storages. But now you have the op option of, say, you have something that's 15 gigs in one side. You can move it to the other side, and now you have 30 free at one place. So that's a new thing to have. I have I've, run into that problem several times, so I'm happy it is now. I feature. feel like I've been able to move things from my Switch to an SD card before. No. Not games. Really? Yep. I could have sworn that I've done that because I've cleared off my 
Nintendo Switch of g g games. Like, by itself, I don't think it has any, and I think I've m moved them all to my SD card. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I didn't really read into that one because I... I didn't really think it was a, a big deal, and I apparently thought that it was like, oh, well, now you can move things from the SD card back onto the the Switch. I was just like, maybe that's it, and you couldn't move things back. Um, I'm not sure. No, yeah, that. So okay, so in the article it says other updates that have a wait clarification. Uh, it, it does mention something about moving data between the system memory and the SD card. Okay. But yeah, it was something that you, up until now, you haven't been able to do. Interesting. I mean, it, it has been a problem for me more than once. There you go. Well, now mm -hmm. it's fixed. Yep. No more problems. Oh, what nope. just happened? My uh, laptop with my notes just cr crashed. Restore tab. What's going oh, on no. here? Okay, there we go. Zoom in 200%. Some big old notes. Uh, okay, moving on. Story number seven, last news item for this week. Uh, Jason Schreier is leaving Kotaku, citing Go Media as a reason. This is coming from Gene Park at launcher with the washington post they write jason schreier a journalist known in the video game industry for covering working working conditions inside tight-lipped game development studios announced his resignation from the video game news site kotaku on thursday citing dissatisfaction with the ownership and direction of parent company go media schreier will soon take a position with another company he declined to detail uh, is the latest of several kotaku employees to depart the company while invoking go as the predominant reason what do you think of this one ignacio mm. so i have to admit that I have never. I have, in many occasions, I haven't seen eye to eye with Jason Schreier. We don't share a lot of stuff, whatever the term is. I, I forgot. But that being said, I have to admit that he's the most journalist there is in games journalism. Yeah, the most journalist journalist in games journalism, <laughs> and and I I can't deny that he has done a lot of big stuff. Breaking a lot of big stuff, a mm -hmm. lot of things with companies and whatever, or even new titles, leaks, or whatever. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see where he goes and how that impacts his reach. Mm hmm. I know each week I listen to the podcast that he does, uh, which is called Kotaku Split Screen. Uh, and this past week, they they announced that it was their last episode, and they are starting up a new podcast called Triple Click. Um, so the first episode should be out this coming week, um, and all that stuff. So if you want to stay up 
to date with all of the the stuff that you know he's doing i'm sure he will be over there i think he's gonna be announcing where he will be at uh this coming week i don't know exactly where that will be we will find out soon yeah i i i like jason i think he does a lot of good work uh i'll be honest that's really kind of the only reason i follow him just to stay up to date with all of the mm-hmm. stuff um but yeah i i think he's doing a lot of great work whether you see i i i, I, I with him on stuff or not I, I think he's holding people's feet to the fire and i think we need a lot more of that so <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh but yeah i'm excited to see where that goes yeah. ignacio we have a bit of a new section here. I thought what? it'd be fun to add a small new section. So we don't typically cover like new game releases and like mm-hmm. list them all. Like this week, you can find thirty new games on Xbox. Here they are, and the forty new games on PlayStation. Here they are. <laughs> That's way too much. Yeah, uh, but every now and then we have been kind of covering a new game release if it's newsworthy kind of mm-hmm. so yeah. i thought we could do a new and notable section okay just like hey here's so. whenever one comes along here's some new games or some remakes or stuff like that so number one capcom has reportedly begun working on Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is estimated to release in 2022. It's going to be developed by M2, a studio created by the former head of Platinum G- Games, Tatsuya Minami. Uh, and the original creator, Shinji Mikami, has apparently given his full blessing and provided informal advice on its direction good um, so ignacio you seem excited oh yeah about this one well i'm excited because resident evil 4 is one of those games that people always talk about mm-hmm. like final fantasy 7 or other rpgs sure it's something that people always talk about as being one of the best games of all time so i I have wanted to go back and play the game, but one thing that has been pushing me to not play it is that is the controls. Right. They look very dated. And the only other actually Resident Evil game I played is Resident Evil 5, and I didn't like those controls. So gotcha. that's one reason why I, I haven't gone back and played the game. So now, seeing that they will remake the game and... Having played through remakes, the other remakes, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they will do with the game. Good stuff. They, I hope they they keep the like the frame that they developed for remakes two and three, like that type of game, that type of controls, that type of horror. I hope that they keep that for this game. Good stuff. I think they will. This is just another reason for me to suck it up and put my dislike of horror games Mm -hmm. behind me 
and finally start playing the Resident Evil remakes. Dude, you should. I not that long ago, I I had never played a Resident Evil game really. I wasn't really a Resident Evil fan, mm-hmm. but then after playing the remake of the first game and especially remake two, I have become somewhat of a Resident Evil fan. I I'm yeah. enjoying the story, the lore, and I want to see more. And like I said, this is why I'm excited for the game, and I think you should give it a try. I'm thinking about it. Especially since there's not many other big games coming out mm-hmm. the rest of this year. Um, well, I mean, there there are, but we're expecting them to get yeah. delayed. So, we'll see. Next up, mm-hmm. in new and notable, there's an XCOM spinoff, Chimera Squad, announced. And it's coming very soon. Uh, so, this is apparently not a sequel or an expansion, uh, but... It is set five years after the events of XCOM 2. It will be launching at $10 and then will go up to $20 on May 1st. Uh, and it releases this Friday, April 24th. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So have, have, have you played the XCOM games? No, at most I tried XCOM 2 on the PS3 for whatever reason, I think. Either it was free or a demo. I tried it out. It's not really my type of game, so I haven't played gotcha. much of it. It's one that I want to get into, but I haven't been able to. I also played XCOM 2. I think it was free on PlayStation Plus a while yeah, back. Might have been. Um, and I tried it. And I, I, I would say that I like tactics games, mm-hmm. but it probably be more accurate to say i like final fantasy tactics advance that is one of my favorite games uh and so i've kind of like wanted to get into more tactics games and stuff but something about xcom 2 just didn't vibe with me uh so but i'm still just like i kind of want to play this one no we'll see yeah and what do well, it's really interesting about this new story is that it is coming up fairly soon. Yeah. And we, as far as I know, we didn't hear of it before. Yeah, no, this is the first thing that we've heard. Uh, and it kind of sucks for Gears t- Tactics, which is also <laughs> out right now, I think, or about to be out. But, it, it, you know. know, they were like, oh, man, we're the only tactics g- game out right now. And then, boom, nope. Uh, nope uh so yeah that that'll be out this this week uh and lastly on our new and notable crisis is being remastered for pc playstation 4 xbox and switch uh there's no release date with that yet but it will have new new graphics and high quality textures and will have ray tracing as well so, there you interesting. go. Yeah, it is interesting that they are bringing back Crisis. Seeing as it, it has been a fairly long while since Crisis 3 came out. And I'm yeah. interested to see what they change. Is it just a texture update? Is it a ground up? Well, I guess it's a remaster, so it's probably just textures. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious as to... 
how will it look, how will, will it play right now? Because I think I played a demo of the original Crisis on some mm -hmm. console. And thinking back, playing it right now, it will feel dated. I know Crisis has always been this franchise that has always pushed uh, the limits of a PC. Right. But looking, thinking back, I think it will feel dated. So I'm interested to see how will it look and will it feel dated. Interesting. There we go. Well, moving on to our next section, the upper runners. The upper runners. Uh, I have six of them this time. I oh. usually like to keep it at five, but uh, yeah. we have six of them here. First and foremost, Sony has announced their stay-at-home initiative and released two games for free for everyone um, that you guys can go download right now. First of which is the Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, and the second is Journey. Uh, and those are available for free to download now through May 5th, 2020. Uh, so go check that out. Yeah, that, it's that, it not not only just download, it, it's free to keep forever. Yes, exactly. So even if you have picked these up through PS Plus in the past, go download them this way. That way you yeah. can keep them without your subscription to PlayStation mm -hmm. Plus. Um, yeah, it is nice that they're doing this, and I'm. I hope that they announce more games to be free. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. And also, this is a big, huge deal. Like the Nathan Drake collection is three great games, I would say. And yeah. the Journey, it is a game of the year game. Exactly. So giving them away for free. Oof, great deal. Good stuff. Yeah. And now, and especially because Uncharted 4 is free for PS Plus. Exactly. If you are a PS Plus member, you can play all of Uncharted. You can, yeah, except you can, well, for a few exceptions. But yeah, you can play the, the all those on, free. What was it? PSP? No, the Vita. Golden Abyss for the Vita and for the, the Lost Legacy for PS4. Yeah. Yeah. This worked out for my roommate. Because when he bought his PlayStation 4 a couple years ago, I was like, uh, hey, play Uncharted 4. I gave him my disc, and he, he thought it was fantastic. And he has PlayStation Plus as well, but he often forgets to download the games. Because um, I, I was talking with him about it this past week, and we were talking about the Nathan Drake collection i was like you should have that if you have ps plus he's like dude i always forget to download the those things and then this ha happened and i was like dude go download it now you have it now you can play all four of them now yep oh so, uh okay number two on our upper runners apparently data mine or a data miner hints at a a possible new switch hardware now take this with a grain of salt this is just mm -hmm. rumors or just speculation but some people are thinking that uh this could lead to a new switch hardware with a potential two screen experience uh mm. whatever that might mean 
So maybe you can connect it to your TV and your TV is one screen and your Switch is another screen. Um, we don't know. Other people yeah. thought maybe it was VR related. You don't know. Uh, so could be. something to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Next up, Indie Mega Booth is also on hiatus due to COVID-19. Uh, so if you guys were excited for that, that's some bad news. Womp womp. Mm -hmm. Well, at least it's in hiatus. They will come back eventually. Yeah. And I think Indie Mega Booth is something to be aware of. Uh, yeah. Because it's basically just like, hey, here's a bunch of indie games that maybe wouldn't have gotten the spotlight on E3, right? Mm -hmm. Or stuff like that. So if, if you're looking for yeah. some cool games by some smaller teams and stuff like that, uh, this is something to... Be aware of. Next up, uh, actually, these next two are deaths, uh, which are both unfortunate. First up mm -hmm. is Keiji Fujiwara, the Japanese voice actor for Axel in Kingdom Hearts, and Reno in the Final Fantasy VII remake, has passed away at age 55 due to cancer. And Paul Haddad... Uh, the the voice of Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 2 and Quicksilver in the X-Men animated series has passed away at the age of 56. Um, so that's sad yeah. news like... in, both, in both of those uh, mm -hmm. cases. But what uh, stood out to me is that Final Fantasy VII remake just came out yeah and one of the act the actors in the japanese version just p p p passed away so man he just made it in there yeah um but he also was axel in kingdom mm -hmm. hearts got it memorized <laughs> so there you go last up on the upper runners Riot G -G Games has acquired a new studio, Hypixel Studios, uh, and they are the developer of the upcoming block game Hytale, uh, which looks like it's going to be this uh, typical sandbox building style game with some RPG with some RPG elements mixed in so there we go upper runners have been concluded we desperately need some like jingles in between the sections or stuff now exactly i don't know how that's something so i'm I, I might start working on that this 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 week if i can finally figure that stuff out uh but let's see let's start wrapping things up ignacio oh what are you looking forward to this week oh more final fantasy 7 definitely yeah i'm loving that game and i want to play more do you think we're going to beat it this week you are the one that keeps saying that you'll beat it in a day 
<laughs> I can beat it in a day. I don't think I'll, I'll beat, beat it tomorrow it for no. next week. I don't um, think I'll beat it for next week. I w I would like to. I I I was thinking I was gonna have it done this week, but I guess I did not. Um. I don't know. Like I want to say I could beat it this week, but I'm again I'm also enjoying like playing it at a fairly slow pace. Yeah. Just being like, all right, I I I played three hours. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's one yeah, thing that I think the game does fairly well is it kind of breaks up its sections. Yeah. Fairly well, so it's just like, okay, I'm at a good stopping point here. Yeah, I don't want to rush the game. I'm enjoying it a lot. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me, Ignacio. Where can they find mm -hmm. you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Ignas Rojas B. That's I G N A C I O R O J S B. That's my name. Well, and you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on both Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with our podcast or any of the shows that we do, we are on Twitter at The Whatnots. Uh, go like, share, subscribe. Go follow us on all of the social medias, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess we will see yeah. you guys next time. This has been episode what? Episode 22. Uh, we yeah. will be back next week for episode 23. Until then, bye. Wash your hands. Thank you.